Hello and welcome to Eat This Podcast with me, Jeremy Charthus. If you listened to the previous episode about how capuchin monkeys get their food, you heard me offer a rather offhand comment. I said that I knew cashew nuts were really rather difficult to process. The nut is surrounded by an acidic substance that can burn the skin. And that makes it all the more remarkable that capuchin monkeys manage to do it without hurting themselves, at least after a while. My guest, Elisabetta Visalbergi, who spent most of her adult life studying capuchins, told me that she'd seen young monkeys with big blisters on their lips. But older animals seem pretty good at getting cashews without hurting themselves. Anyway, a couple of people who heard the episode told me that they had no idea cashews were so dangerous. So I asked around, and very few people seemed to know about it. That's why I'm here telling you this story. And the only reason I know about it is that I used to work closely with a journalist called Joe Hanlon, who became something of an expert on Mozambique. And Mozambique was once the world's largest exporter of cashew nuts. That is, until the World Bank and its neoliberal ideas interfered. So, cashews. I confess I find them so delectable, I hunt them down in a bowl of mixed nuts. They grow on trees, big trees, 12 or 14 meters tall in the wild, though commercial trees are often dwarves that top out at around 6 meters. They're native to South America, as are the capuchins who eat them there. Cashew fruits consist of two parts. On the top is the so-called cashew apple. Strictly speaking, it isn't a genuine fruit at all, but I'm in non-pedantic mode, so let that pass. The cashew apple is around 5 to 10 centimeters long, sort of heart-shaped, and turns red or yellow when it's ripe. In tropical countries, you'll often be offered a plastic bag of cashew apples by vendors at the side of the road, and they're sweet, juicy, and delicious. Below the apple is the nut. That's the true cashew fruit. It's roughly the same shape as the cashews we eat, but the kernel is protected by a coating of acid that causes those skin burns and blisters. It's a resin, and it's chemically very similar to the stuff that makes poison ivy such a menace. It's also why you'll only ever find ready-shelled cashews for sale. Who wants to risk skin damage? I've no idea how people learned to get at cashew nuts without blistering themselves. Maybe, as Elisabetta suggested, they copied the capuchins that they saw collecting the nuts after a fire. However it happened, though, the Portuguese, who conquered South America, knew a good thing when they tasted it, and they spread the tree around the world. That included to their colony, Mozambique. Cashews really took off there around a hundred years ago. In the 1970s, Mozambique was the world's largest producer of cashew nuts. More than a million smallholder farmers grew cashews, each of whom had just a few trees. The smallholder farmers gathered the nuts, many kept the apples and turned them into alcoholic drinks, and they sold the nuts to middlemen, 
who passed them into bigger and bigger lots that eventually ended up at factories. In the factories, they went through a five-step process. First, the raw cashew is roasted or steamed to make it easier to break. Then the shell is cut with a saw or cracked with a hammer. The seed, the part we call the cashew nut, is removed. And although some machines have been developed, this part is almost invariably done by hand, by women. Then the cashew seed has to be dried, and finally the thin seed coat has to be scraped away. The factories in Mozambique employed about 15,000 workers, often women, who used crude but effective machines to crack the shells so that they could extract the cashews without needing to touch the acidic resin. And Mozambique exported 200,000 metric tons of nuts a year. Actually, I do need to get a bit pedantic here. Strictly speaking, what Mozambique exported was not nuts, but kernels, the seed within the nut. Those are the things I hunt down in the mixed nuts, the things we eat. The nuts, in this way of thinking, are what the farmers gather and which are processed to get the kernels. And this is important because what happened in Mozambique, in a nutshell, yeah, I know, what happened is that they were told to export unprocessed nuts so that other countries, notably India, could process them and sell the kernels. There's no way I can do a detailed history of Mozambique, but you need the bare bones. After independence from Portugal in 1975, there was a lot of armed strife in the country promoted by apartheid South Africa, its neighbour to the south, which was keen to destabilise the socialist government on its doorstep. The worst of the fighting ended in 1992, and a lot of what you read about the decline of cashews in Mozambique blames the civil war, because farmers were kicked off their land and were too frightened even to go back and harvest the nuts. By the time of the ceasefire and elections, Prawns were Mozambique's biggest foreign exchange earner, and cashews were almost nowhere. But to give you an idea of how important cashews were in the country, a census in 1977 asked every household in the country, do you have any cashew trees? A quarter of rural families answered yes. Even in the cities, one in ten families owned at least one cashew tree. Twenty years later, according to another survey, fewer than a quarter of the peasants with cashew trees sold any of their crop. And that crop was in pretty poor shape. Trees that had been abandoned during the fighting were old and unproductive and plagued by diseases. But there were high hopes that the industry could be rebuilt. Farmers were reluctant to replant trees that wouldn't produce any returns for three to five years, so that would require government intervention. And factories would need to be modernised too. But overall, things looked promising. Cashews could increase the earnings of peasant farmers, they could create jobs in processing, and they would earn cash from exports. Then came a report from a World Bank consultant. He said that the industry was effectively losing money by processing raw nuts. According to the report, 
the value of the processed kernels was less than the value of the raw nuts had they been exported directly. The factories were so inefficient that every nut processed into a kernel rather than exported raw lost the country money. The report also noted that Mozambique's smallholder producer has the distinction of being the poorest paid cashew producer in the world. The solution, obviously, was to export raw nuts to earn foreign exchange. Yeah, some people would lose out, the factories would close, but the workers would find other jobs, and the farmers would earn more for their nuts. The economic benefits would more than make up for the losses. The government, the cashew industry, and the unions in Mozambique objected strongly. They pointed out a whole lot of problems with the report. It used out-of-date prices, it made dodgy assumptions about how much farmers would get for raw nuts, it ignored the need to replant trees, and more besides. But the main objection was that there'd be only one buyer of unprocessed nuts – India. India had bags of spare processing potential in its factories, and in the 400,000 women in Kerala alone who picked out the kernels at home. But India had already said that it wanted to increase its local production of cashews to meet the demand of its factories. And when it did, who'd buy unprocessed nuts from the million or more smallholder farmers in Mozambique if their country's own factories had closed? In any case, there's more at stake here than economic efficiency. Mozambique's factories were at least partially mechanized, and the women picking the kernels from the shells had steady jobs with relatively good working conditions. In India, in the 1990s, picking was outsourced to women to do in their homes. They were paid by the kilo rather than by how long they worked, so the quicker they worked, the better. Protective gloves slowed them down, so many chose not to wear them. They enlisted their children to help, and the children didn't even have gloves. Burned and permanently damaged fingers are common. So yeah, on a global scale, cashews would be processed more efficiently in India than in Mozambique. But at what cost? A new study essentially contradicted the one three years before. It pointed out that India subsidizes its growers, so the competition was unfair. Mozambique's factories were improving and the workers there were as efficient as those in India, with better working conditions. Most tellingly, the peasants were not better off. Almost all the increased profits went to middlemen. Didn't matter. Despite the protests and the new report, the World Bank effectively forced its trade liberalization on Mozambique, although the terms did change slightly. Four years later, only one cashew factory remained employing about a thousand people. The following year, after a five-year battle, Mozambique overturned the World Bank policy. One expert called it mindless trade liberalization. Mozambique imposed an 18% tax on exports of unprocessed nuts, and it gave local factories the right of first refusal to buy nuts from the farmers. Only when their own needs were met could traders export unprocessed cashews. The case has become a cause célèbre 
among activists who oppose the World Bank's way of doing things. And after immersing myself in cashew nuts for more than a week, it's hard to find anything good that came out of it. To some extent, that's because each side picks and chooses the arguments and numbers that show it in the best light. But there is one study that has no obvious axe to grind. It concluded that overall, things were not as bad as the protesters had claimed. But nor were they as good as the World Bank had said they would be. The problem, as they saw it, was that everyone knew that the World Bank had forced the reforms on the government, and so they didn't think that the government was fully committed to carrying them out. Factory owners stayed open, even though there were few nuts to process, thinking the policy might change. Workers did not look for other jobs. And farmers, who might have been inclined to plant new trees, also didn't know whether the government would be able to give them a hand, so they didn't bother. Overall, the study calculated, Mozambique's economy gained $6.6 million in more efficient factories, but it lost $6.1 million as a result of 11,000 workers being unemployed. And the farmers? They gained between 5 and $6 a year each. How much the fight between Mozambique and the World Bank cost in intangibles, nobody knows. A decade later, the World Bank more or less agreed. Growers, it said, should have had much more support. The country would then have been able to weather a huge drop in the price of unprocessed cashews in 2001. But, as Mozambique had pointed out during the World Trade Organization meetings in Cancun in Mexico in 2003, it was forbidden to subsidize its farmers at a time when the European Union was handing $30 billion a year to its farmers and the United States had just agreed another huge package of subsidies in the 2002 Farm Bill. The factories in Mozambique are picking up again. There are now 16 of them, more than before the crash, employing about 17,000 people. As they did before the war, most have crashes where the women can leave their children and health services and literacy classes where they can learn to read. The best new factory offers a free meal at work, paid holidays and severance pay. They're processing about half the nuts the country produces into kernels. The rest are still being exported, mostly to India and increasingly to Vietnam. And in both of those places, the dangerous work of getting the kernels out of the shells is done largely by women working at home and without much in the way of protection. With everything that goes into turning unprocessed cashew nuts into cashew kernels, it's perhaps no surprise that ethically certified cashews, fair trade and so on, are less than 3% of the market. That might be an area in which Mozambique could regain its place at the top of the cashew tree. But it would require huge changes in the way kernel quality is monitored. Right now, the quality of kernels from Mozambique is one of the lowest in the world. Even more important, the country would need to create a recognizable brand, market it, 
tell us the story of why we're paying more for Mozambican cashews. In the long run, that could be the best option. But demanding better standards is a double-edged sword. Wealthier factories might be able to afford to invest in more machinery to extract the kernels. But the women who used to do that work, despite the appalling conditions, would be out of a job. It's a really tricky problem. For research, I went out and bought some cashews, looked at others, and read the labels. Most of them had no information about whether kernels were processed or whether nuts were grown. A few did say that they were from Vietnam, or India, or even, and this really did surprise me, Brazil. It didn't say whether they were processed by capuchins. One day, I'd like to be able to pay for cashew kernels processed in a safe manner in Mozambique from nuts grown in Mozambique. Danny Roderick, one of the authors of that Brookings Institution paper that showed how little effect the World Bank policy had overall, said that the situation in Mozambique has been poisoned for the foreseeable future. The cashew, according to Roderick, won't be part of any future success in Mozambique. That was back in 2003. I hope time proves him wrong. I'll put some links to articles and papers on the World Bank, Cashews and Mozambique in the show notes at eatthispodcast.com. And that's also a good place to take a look at the archives. And if you haven't already heard it, have a listen to the Capuchin episode that inspired this story. My thanks as ever to everybody who supports Eat This Podcast with a donation. You can join them also at eatthispodcast.com. For now, though, from me, Jeremy Churfus, and Eat This Podcast, goodbye and thanks for listening.